welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Welcome back to the legal merry-go-round where I always want you to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Please make sure you are always safe and as best you can abide by the law so you don't get entangled in any number of bad ways. You know, being involved with the law is nothing that anybody ever wants. You could win. You could be right. Just because you're right doesn't mean you should go ahead and act or fail to act. Everybody, I think, in one sense or another loses when you're involved with the law, with lawyers. Not because we're not wonderful people, which most of us are. I'm a lawyer. I kind of look in the mirror once in a while and say, hey, okay, I'm doing good stuff. But lawyers often complicate things. Lawyers are expensive. And besides all of that, you get stress. So try to avoid entanglements with the law, criminally or civilly. Today, as you know, is Fender Bender Friday. I want to talk about an area of the law which is not always clear. Often it's very dependent upon the facts of the case in particular. The topic is emotional upset, emotional distress. If you see something bad happen, you could get very distressed, very bent out of shape. Is the person at fault for what happened responsible to you financially because you got upset emotionally, you had stress? Depends on the facts of each case and depends on what state you're in. So let's get right to it. I have a very upsetting case to describe, and after we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you what happened. Before that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to share the rule of law with you. The rule of law is that for the most part, if you don't have a physical injury that accompanies the wrong, as an example, an automobile accident, if you didn't get hurt physically in an automobile accident, In most places, most of the time, the emotional injury, the emotional upset would not allow you to be entitled to compensation. Okay, so that's the general rule. So let's roll into this case. We have a situation that occurred in New Jersey. A gentleman by the name of Porty uh, was suing another person by the name of Jaffe. And uh, Porty, this is again... um, This is very upsetting, very, very upsetting. Porty witnessed his child, a seven-year-old little boy, die. Porty and his family lived in an apartment complex, and they went to the elevator to take it down to the first level to go out, and who knows where they were going. That's not really important. 
the seven-year-old jumped in just as the doors opened and a malfunction in the processing of the elevator allowed the boy to get stuck in between the doors and in the shaft and the elevator didn't just stop. The elevator started moving and you hear the little boy screaming. I'm not going to go into the history because this is the factual history here. This, this is just so, so unbelievably upsetting that you don't have to share this. You don't have to know about it, but the little boy died and the father's watching. Well, the claim is made against the elevator owners for the failure to have safety mechanisms in place to allow for, or to prevent, I should say, this type of thing from happening. So the question becomes, even though the father didn't get physically injured, is he entitled to compensation for his emotional distress? What could be more distressing? What could be more upsetting to see your child stuck in an elevator, screaming, yelling, Daddy, Daddy! All right, I said I wasn't going to go into the details. I'm sorry. The question has been presented, and I'm going to get to the answer in this case after the break. I want to share a couple of other stories. We have Mr. Falzone, who was standing in a field, just enjoying the day, and the vehicle went off the road and came into the field and almost hit him. Almost hit him. The Mr. Falzone was not hit. He did not physically touch the vehicle. The vehicle did not physically touch him. Within a few days, Mr. Falzone, rethinking this, experiencing it, having nightmares about it, actually became ill, and he required physical therapy uh, of a sort. He required emotional therapy. His arms and his legs, just he said, felt numb. Again, the vehicle never hit him. I think we understand what stress can do to our body. So his physical reaction a couple days later of the arms and the legs tingling and feeling numb isn't so off the wall crazy. And the emotional upset, he couldn't sleep at night for weeks. And again, he required care. Is the driver of the vehicle responsible for his reaction? We're going to find out. The last case I want to talk about involves the, um, the vehicle running into the house. It went off the road and into the house. Uh, Mr. LaCroix, for whatever reason, was driving negligently, didn't control his vehicle properly, and went, went into, just head on into the home of the Dailies. Now, the Dailies didn't get hurt. Not a one of them. Thank goodness. I've actually had a case where a car went through the house and grandma was sitting in the easy chair and she was thrown off the easy chair almost across the room and had severe injuries. I collected quite a bit of, quite a bit of money for grandma. There was no question about the emotional, uh, but she had a lot of physical. So uh, we, we took care of her very nicely against the, the other driver and the other driver's insurance company. But here, none of the dailies got hurt. There was no physical injury. But what ended up happening in this house, because the car went into the house, it caused a, a great amount of uh, 
electrical damage and the electrical explosion that came as a result of this car going into the house, uh, as you can imagine, caused considerable property damage. So the insurance company for Mr. Daly, the, uh, excuse me, for Mr. LaCroix, the at-fault driver, happily paid for all the damage to the home and they restored the home. But claims were made by the Daly's, the the father and the mother and the little boy, uh, who just had these nightmares and horrible, horrible emotional reaction to their home being, or part of their home being destroyed. So the question presents again, is Mr. LaCroix and is his insurance company, are they responsible to the dailies for their emotional upset? Once again, I'm going to share with you that this is a situation where the injuries physically did not exist because of the action, but there was considerable emotional trauma. So what do you think? Let's go to a break. Think about this. I'm going to come back and tell you what happened. I am, I really am. I'm going to get to the break here in just a moment. But this was so absolutely hysterical, hilarious, crazy, ridiculous that I had to share this with you. You ever watch these vampire movies? I want to suck your blood. Well, okay, um, kind of exactly the uh, the claim here. Prisoner in the Utah State system of uh, corrections, a prisoner in jail, files a lawsuit against the prison system, state of Utah, alleging his right to practice his religion, uh, claiming that it had been violated. The prison records listed him as a Catholic, but now he claimed to be a Druid in the Wicca W-I-C-C-A, in the Wicca religion, and that he follows the order of the vampire, which includes drinking blood and conjugal visits with a vampress. Okay, then. Since there are no conjugal visits in the Utah prison system, and there are five special dietary menus provided uh, for each meal, prison officials denied his request. Gee, I wonder if what they would have done to abide his request. Uh, so the court, when he gets files this lawsuit, uh, says that uh, not a shot, uh, Mr. Vampire. Uh, you raised numerous questions that are so insubstantial that they don't merit any further consideration. All right, now here we go. We get to the break. <laughs> Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case or a criminal matter or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com and click on the referrals tab. Then, either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up, and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. 
and the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to thelegalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to the legal merry-go-round where Superman has nothing on me because I too am always fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. I want to continue with the conversation I started in the first half of this show about the potential for compensation when an individual, after an accident or an injury or an incident of some sort, has emotional distress. The question again is, if there is emotional distress following some incident, can the person distressed claim compensation, claim the right to recover damages for the distress from the person that caused that distress? The answer, most of the time in the United States, is no. There has to be an accompanying physical injury to activate the right to recover compensation for emotional upset, psychological damage. Let's go back to the first case I talked about, top half of the show, Mr. Porty making a claim for his emotional upset, his stress, his I can't even begin to to put adjectives to what this man must have been going through after he saw his young child, his seven-year-old little boy, die in an elevator shaft. The claim against the elevator company for the failure to have proper safeguards. I won't keep you in suspense. The court in New Jersey held that, yes, he could recover for his sole emotional distress his upset, his anguish. The court there looked at three different things, which we'll answer one at a time here to determine whether or not it would be appropriate to allow this man to recover, to obtain compensation for his psychological upset watching his son. First, the court wanted to know, they made an inquiry, if he saw it or if he was near located near the scene of where this incident occurred compared to not being there and he was at quite a distance and he didn't see it or hear it well yes he was right there right on top of it so check mark number one three to go two to go next the court wanted to know if the shock resulted from a direct emotional impact upon him from sensory and contemporaneous observance of the accident compared to learning about it uh, from others, perhaps, after it occurred. Check mark number two. Yes, he was right there, right on top of it. The sensory and contemporaneous observance must have been the most horrifying experience that he had in his entire life. 
The third thing, whether or not Mr. Porty and the victim were closely related as compared to a situation where perhaps he saw a complete stranger have this befall them. And what, you know, what can we say other than, of course, this is a check mark. Yes, father and son. So this is the right decision. Even though Mr. Porty didn't have any physical injury, this emotional trauma, and that's a slight word, certainly does spin out so that he gets to be compensated for what happened to his son as he watched it and suffered through it. I talked about in the first half the case of the gentleman, uh, Mr. Falzone, who was standing in a field and a car came into the field and almost hit him. And then how, as a result of this, and within a few days, he became ill, reliving the experience and having nightmares and that his arms and legs uh, started to to have uh, shaking and uh, numbness and tingling. The court again looked at certain things to determine if it was appropriate to compensate Mr. Falzone for the negligence of this driver who lost control, came into a field, and almost hit him. And again, the court's analysis was absolutely yes. Physical injury uh, was the natural and proximate result of the act, the physical injury being his arms and his legs shaking, coming from stress and upset over this near miss. They determined that uh, the impact before it occurred, there was no liability and there was no impact. But because it was so close, it was reasonable to imagine that he would be stressed out. They also concerned themselves with something I talked about at the top as being a reason that maybe they would say no. Well, you know, we're not going to allow this type of thing because if we did, everybody and their grandmother would start coming in and talking about their incident that almost happened, their near miss, and making application for damages and filing lawsuits. So here, the court concluded that the fright resulted in a substantial injury. The distress that he suffered was of the highest order. And yes, they allowed this gentleman, Mr. Falzone, to recover compensation for this errant driver. Next, we have the Daly family, which we talked about. The Daly family was upstairs when Mr. LaCroix, driving his car negligently, and who knows what caused it, but he ran into the Daly house, right into the house that caused all measure of electrical damage and electrical explosion and extensive damage to the Daly home. The family members of the Daly home, again, had severe traumatic injuries uh, of the emotional nature. They were described as having traumatic neurosis, emotional disturbances, and nervous upset, particularly the little boy in the family, a little boy by the name of Timothy, who suffered emotional disturbances and nervousness, couldn't sleep at night, ended up in his parents' bed, bedwetting, all number of things. And in this case, the court again, yes, said 
that this is a family that deserves to be compensated for their emotional trauma beyond the insurance company for the vehicle driver, LaCroix, uh, fixing their home, putting the home back as close as they could to what happened before uh, Mr. LaCroix went through it. In most cases, again, there has to be a physical injury. More often than not, these cases end with a court deciding, no, there is no basis for emotional damage to be compensated if it's only emotional damage. In a case like this, there's three different elements that individuals who are injured are normally entitled to recover. The first is for medical bills if they have a physical injury. The second is if their physical injuries prevent them from working, if they can't go to their job and they lose income or lose wages. And the third is a catch-all category, which is called suffering, pain, inconvenience, trauma, aggravation, upset, emotional aggravation. These things all are part and parcel of the damages uh, category of what is available to be compensated. In these cases we just went through, the guy in the field, the elevator situation, the house that was crashed, all of these people had medical bills for emotional trauma. That would be included in these things because the court in those cases said, yes, we're going to allow them compensation. A few of the adults weren't able to work and lost money. Yes, these are covered in these cases because the court allowed compensation for solely emotional damage that led to other problems. If you are near something that happens and you are upset by it, an accident, something bad goes wrong and you see damage, you see other people getting hurt, what I've described here can be used as a basis to make a preliminary uh, understanding to have a preliminary understanding as to whether or not you might be able to recover compensation for being upset, being traumatized. So these things, again, are, did you actually see it or did somebody tell you about it? What effect did it have on you immediately? What is your relationship to the person that got hurt? With everything that I'm going to say, hopefully, in every one of these shows that I do. I am giving you general information. I think for the most part, I'm pretty spot on most of the time. But if you have a situation, I highly encourage you to contact a local attorney and go through that with the local attorney because that attorney is going to be happy to talk to you and give you information, give you advice, give you an opinion, and that won't cost you any money. Attorneys work on contingency fee uh, basis with these types of injury claims. That means the contingency is they recover money for you or they don't get any money. So they're not going to charge you an upfront fee or an hourly fee for a consultation. If this is something that's happened to you, 
in the Washington, D.C. area, Maryland, Virginia, I'd be happy to talk to you. If it's outside of where I practice law, give me a a contact, uh, get a hold of me. I have a network of attorneys all over the country that I can connect you with where you can make a good decision based on good, sound legal advice, based on a an understanding of all the particular facts in your case, and we can then know that you are being guided properly. I appreciate your listening in today. I hope that you subscribe. That would be wonderful to this podcast. And uh, please be safe out there. See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations.